Light that spark, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1550 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Knock over that domino, Fire Nation. Start your chain reaction of awesome with thefreedomjournal.com. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Patrick Henry. Patrick, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. Yes. Patrick's the CEO of Quest Fusion and a serial entrepreneur with over 25 years of experience managing technology companies. Prior to forming Quest Fusion, he was the CEO at three different startup companies. And as the CEO of Entropic, he took that company from pre-revenue and pre-product to a successful IPO on NASDAQ. Patrick, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Terrific. Well, thanks for having me on the show, John yeah. Lee. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm a, a serial entrepreneur. I have an engineering background and an MBA, so I kind of have the combination of, of business and technology and worked my way up through a bunch of uh, Silicon Valley companies prior to joining my first startup when I was in my late 30s. Uh, a little about me personally, I'm a father of five kids, three boys and two girls. In February, three of them will be teenagers, so I definitely have my hands full with that. <laughs> uh, for fun, I like to lift weights, play golf, snow ski, and just generally like to be outdoors. I'm engaged now and getting married to my wonderful fiance Amanda next August. Uh, we run the San Diego Lifestyle blog together, which is a total hoot uh, in addition to my work with Quest Fusion. And I absolutely love working with entrepreneurs and helping them to achieve their goals. And I'm fortunate enough to get, this, uh, get to do this full time now. Wow. Well, I love all of that. And I'm excited to kind of dive more into your journey, Patrick, as an entrepreneur, because you have had quite the experience over these 25 years. But before we do, let's talk about today. Like, what is your current area of expertise? Like, how would you break that down in just a couple of sentences? Running businesses and working with dozens of entrepreneurs, I feel that I can share my you know secrets, tips, and tricks about building and running companies that you really won't hear from anyone else, either because they don't know or they have a conflict of interest. Um, entrepreneurs need to understand business fundamentals. And since I'm both technical and business oriented, uh, I now have a lot of experience. I think that's where I can really add a lot of value uh, for companies. And, um, you know, customers want to know the benefits of your solution and not the, and the problems you're solving for them. Investors want to know your business model and how you'll make money. And I help companies to do this. Love that. Now, within that, we have entrepreneurs, sidepreneurs, small business owners listening right now, what's something that we don't know, Patrick, about that area of expertise that you just described that we need to know as entrepreneurs? Well, a lot of times, um, especially first-time entrepreneurs or technical founders, even if they're more experienced but they come out of academia, um, they're very what I would call product-centric. And um, one of the biggest values I can provide to startups is I have you know, a proven framework that starts with business fundamentals, which will dramatically increase the chances of your company getting funded and being successful. Uh, it's based on my decades of experience in building and managing companies. And the framework includes a systematic way to understand the details of your target market, customers, competitive landscape. And it also has an approach to clearly articulate the value proposition and business model to customers and investors. So I'm kind of like a, 
a universal translator if you're familiar with kind of the Star Trek concept there where <laughs> I can I can listen to technical people and help them explain to you know non-technical investors or maybe even technical investors but they're looking at it from a different business angle and the same way with customers they look at things from a solution perspective and not from a product perspective so from doing this for many many years I'm pretty good at that so Patrick, I've alluded to your 25 years, you've been doing different things and you know that involves ups, that involves downs, but what would you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date? Take us to that day, Patrick, and tell us that story. Well, John Lee, I've been running startups and growth companies for a long time, so there, there are a few, <laughs> but, but I'll describe one in particular situation, uh, which was definitely in the top three or four of my worst experiences. Um, I was hired to run a private company um, that had a public company as a majority investor. Uh, part of my employment contract included a sign-on bonus and severance and agreement um, if I were ter- wrongfully terminated in the event of a change or in the event of a change in control. Um, however, if I left the company within 12 months of joining, I had to reimburse the company fully for my sign-on bonus and relocation expenses, which were really not a trivial amount, especially at that time in my life. Um, because we you know, were consolidated into a public company reporting structure, there are certain financial requirements um, related to SEC filings, et cetera. And um, for the first several quarters that I was running the company, that wasn't an issue. But uh, then the parent company wanted to change um, basically equity into debt, which is not really proper accounting. Um, check this out with some of the auditors and, you know, it's definitely validated in my assumption that this wasn't correct. And I had to sign off on, on the financials and, um, I refused to do this at the parent company level, it probably would have been able to handle it because, uh, they had enough reserves set aside, but, um, it was definitely something that was, uh, not ethical and, you know, potentially illegal. So it's something I refused to do, um, one of the key people from the parent company came down to talk to me. I was very upset. Um, I was pretty much ready to write a check right there and, you know, leave the company. Well, real quick, what was his argument yeah. or her argument? Like, what were they saying as reasons that you should do this? That's how they intended it to. They intended to do it in the beginning, and they had made a mistake by doing it the way that they did it, which was kind of a weak argument because a lot of the recruiting related to this company, my company, was based on equity incentives like you have with typical startups. So this would have basically wiped out the equity position of every employee in the company. You know, they, they did provide a carrot to me that I would be kept whole, so to speak, as well as my key team, um, maybe two or three people on my management team, but everybody else would be wiped mm-hmm. out, which was not really the right thing to do for anybody. Um, so I, after the conversation with, with this gentleman, um, I talked to one of my mentors and he convinced me to stay with the company, listen to me, you know, basically heard me out. And he said, I could do that while maintaining my integrity and look for another position while I'm doing that. And he, he calmed me down quite a bit. And within three months, the company was, um, part of it was sold, part of it was shut down. And I was able to actually get my severance package and, and get out of there and, and maintain my integrity at the same time. So uh, this was probably the best possible outcome that I could have seen with that kind of very difficult situation. And uh, having somebody that was a great sounding board and coach uh, that helped me through that process was really invaluable. In hindsight, looking back and knowing that you're speaking to entrepreneurs now that might find themselves in a similar situation, what do you want to make sure that we get from your story? Do the right thing. 
despite pressures that you may get, and I, I've seen this throughout my career, especially as you get into higher level positions, there's temptations to do things, uh, cut corners, um, lack integrity, and do the right thing. You know, even if it's difficult, even if it's um, might have a potentially negative short-term outcome, um, you have to sleep with yourself at night. You have to um, be able to live with yourself. And if you kind of go down that slippery slope uh, of, you know, smaller and smaller things that lack integrity, um, it's really going to hurt you. Do the right thing, Fire Nation. I mean, this is the reality that we live in. We have our guts. We have our intuition. They're giving us red flags. They're telling us to go this way, go that way. The reality is most of the times we know what doing the right thing is, and we just have to act upon that because there's going to be so much pressure as an entrepreneur to just do whatever it takes to get it done. Just do whatever it takes. Like, just sign here. Do that. Do that. Like, you know, we'll clean up the mess later. You have to do the right thing along the way. It's that slippery slope that Patrick talked about because if you start going down that road, when does it stop? How are you going to look at yourself in the mirror the next day? How are you going to look back with pride about what you've done, what you built, if you built it from a foundation you know, of just disgust? And, and that yeah. is just a sad reality that I know a lot of people have to look at. And you just don't want to be in that situation. But Patrick, shifting stories to maybe a more enjoyable one to tell. <laughs> Let's talk about one of your greatest ideas or one of those aha moments that you had. And tell us how you turned that into success. Well, when I was running in traffic, um, I don't know another way to say it, but we were, we were too successful too fast. We were growing uh, at a very rapid pace. And when we're going through this rapid growth, um, potential buyers of the company were unwilling to pay an amount for the company that would um, basically compensate us for the value we had built. And it forced us into a situation where we were a venture-backed company to look for an alternative liquidity event, which was really a, an initial public offering. Um, it was never the intent of the founders of the company or myself to to take the company public. We always thought that we were going to sell it to one of our you know larger competitors that had a, a hole in their roadmap that uh, we could fill. Um, but we really couldn't uh, justify selling it at the numbers that they were talking about. So I was put in kind of a difficult situation because I really felt that the company was subscale to run it as a public company. Um, I had worked for a number of public companies prior to going into the kind of the startup world. And uh, I really felt like we needed complementary products to give us more scale and product diversification. So my team and I identified a company that would provide both of these things and had a very similar corporate culture since many of the people, especially the engineering teams at both companies, had worked with each other before. So doing any M&A deal is difficult, but in this case, uh, both companies were private, so it was important to convince all the shareholders and the management teams of both companies that this is really synergistic, you know, as a one plus one equals five. And it took a lot of selling, but we were able to merge in Tropic with uh, this other company, which is called RF Magic, in early 2007. And we took the company public uh, later that year, which was really a terrific outcome for, for both companies, even though we had to kind of weather through the Great Recession. Once we came through that, uh, it turned out to be uh, really excellent for the shareholders of, of both companies. So similar to what you did with your worst entrepreneurial moments, what do you want to make sure that we get from that story? Like, what is the lesson that we can really walk away and, you know, put into our hat? I like to look downstream. You know, I'm 
more strategic than tactical, although I can, you know, do the the, the blocking and tackling fundamentals of operational activities. Um, I think a lot of companies go public and then they find themselves being public companies and they're like, what the heck do I do now? <laughs> because it's not, even though it's a, a liquidity event for investors, you know, venture capital investors especially, I mean, maybe they stick around for six months, a year or something like that. It's not really that way. It's not an exit if you're on the management team. You know, I, I remember uh, three or four years into being public, I sold 20% of my stock and people went into a panic. You know, I had to calm them down and I, I, I really hadn't had any liquidity and I'd been at the company for, I don't know, like seven years or eight years. So, and that was only a small percentage of my overall holdings. So I think you have to look downstream and say, uh, you know, I'm, I have to own this. And I have to be with this for a long period of time. So don't do what's expedient. Do what's, you know, going to be strategic. And finding out-of-the-box solutions to do that is very important. Patrick, fast-forwarding to today, what are you most excited about? Well, I mean, I'm really fired up about um, the idea the internet changes everything. And it's really in two key areas as it relates to startups right now. So I'm really excited about the ongoing change in dynamics of the startup world as it relates to online tools that represent significant ways to improve efficiencies and global reach for companies. This includes AI, but it's, it's so much more than that, um, that basically these tools can massively improve productivity for not only small companies, but large companies. And it also provides an opportunity for these companies that are developing these tools to have um, some really spectacular outcomes. Second thing is the advent of these alternative funding sources available to startups, aside from traditional Silicon Valley-based venture capital. Again, this is really enabled heavily by the internet. Um, This includes equity crowdfunding, syndicates of angel investors, Reg A+, and global and regional angel investor incubators and accelerators. So all these provide a dynamic that, you know, can sometimes be perceived as chaotic, but I see tremendous opportunity in the chaos. Well, Fire Nation, we are going to be having chaos in the lightning round, so don't go anywhere. (laughs) We're going to thank our sponsors. I know you have some great goals lined up for your business this year, so I am willing to bet one of them has to do with getting back more of your time. If so, then building your team is integral to accomplishing that goal. Good news is quality candidates who can help you free up some time are easy to find over at ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can also find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and qualified candidates will start to roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by visiting ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. One more time, to try it free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Fire Nation, did you know that Kate and I have created four unbelievably valuable free courses for you? There is Funnel on Fire, where you can learn how to create a funnel that converts, free goals course so that you can learn how to accomplish meaningful goals in eight days, and of course, free podcast course and free webinar course where you can learn how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast and create webinars that convert. Visit eofire.com slash now to learn more about these free courses and sign up today.
eofire.com slash now. Patrick, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Yes. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I needed to gain experience to establish a solid foundation for running companies. Um, so I, I worked in a number of you know more established companies uh, for, for quite some time early in my career. So I took my first CEO gig when I was uh, 38 years old, which is still pretty young, but you know, relative to some of these guys that do it in their early 20s, it's a little older. What is the best advice you've ever received? Well, as I got into senior management, a mentor of mine said, everyone is watching you and you need to make sure that you're aware of what you say in your body language. Uh, people will interpret things and take cues from you the higher up in, in an organization that you go. And the captain of the ship really needs to set the tone, uh, especially being calm and positive um, in times of adversity without being you know, Pollyannish is, is very critical. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? I organize by the week, you know, and set priorities on a weekly basis. You know, I obviously sometimes have to adjust that, but getting things on the calendar, not just on to-do lists, um, doing the right things and the most important things, even though sometimes those are not the most fun things to do. So trying to be strategic. Can you share an internet resource with Fire Nation? Well, as simple as it sounds, the online calendar is one of the most valuable oh, things that I use. You know, I, use, I used to use Outlook, but now I use Google. And if used properly, it can massively improve your efficiency and productivity. Um, I do like Evernote as well, um, but you know, just the calendar alone is just huge for me. If you could recommend just one book, Patrick, what would it be and why? Now you're putting me on the spot, John Lee. Uh, (laughs) uh, I did a blog post about my favorite business books for entrepreneurs, and you can check that out on the Quest Fusion website. But if I I had to pick one, I'd say Crossing the Chasm by Jeff Moore with The Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton Christensen being a close second. (laughs) Um, But I also love biographies, too. What's your favorite biography? I'll give you that. Ben Franklin. Oh, love that one. I'm actually in the middle of listening to the Alexander Hamilton biography right now, which is... Pretty awesome, Fire Nation. And Patrick, we started today on fire. Let's end on fire with a parting piece of guidance for Fire Nation, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. All right, terrific, John Lee. So the best way to reach me is via email at patrick at questfusion.com. I hold a free monthly webinar on topics that are of interest to my audience of entrepreneurs and CEOs, so that's another good way to kind of interact with me. Um, You can register for webinars on the Quest Fusion website. Um, And when you do that, you can also get a free checklist, the 30 key actions for getting your new business going and in the right direction. And you'll also be registered to receive my monthly newsletter where I provide key insights for entrepreneurs. Wow. And that parting piece of guidance. Believe in yourself. And when you get involved in a new venture, make sure that you really believe in what you're doing, you know, have that passion. I mean, Steve Jobs talks about that a lot when he was alive. And, you know, there's so much adversity and there's so much um, negative energy and so much inertia to be able to overcome that, just like you have, John Lee, and and, and what you've done. Um, You have to, there's no way you can get through that stuff if you don't really believe in what you're doing. So true, Fire Nation. So, so true. And you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, Fire Nation. You've been hanging out with PH and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. If you just type Patrick in the search bar, 
His show notes page is going to pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And of course, take Patrick up on this Fire Nation. Shoot him an email, patrick at questfusion.com. Just thank him for being on EO Fire, for taking the time to share his knowledge. Ask him a question if you have a question. Those webinars that he's offering are incredible value bombs. And Patrick, Thank you, brother, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John Lee. Really appreciate you having me on the program. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Patrick today. And productivity, discipline, and focus are my three greatest strengths. They can be yours, too, in 100 days. Visit themasteryjournal.com, and I will see you there, or I'll see you on the flip side. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. And a big thank you to OnePage CRM for sponsoring today's episode. OnePage CRM converts the complexity of sales into simple to-do lists so that you can focus on closing sales, not software. As easy to use as email with a mobile app for sales on the go, OnePage CRM is the lightweight sales tool for small business. And just for EO Fire listeners, OnePage CRM is offering a 60-day free trial. Visit OnePageCRM.com slash fire and get started in under two minutes.